0: Gonna start with an opening prayer, and as people come in, that's fine, keep on coming in. Okay, let's pray. Our Father and our God, it is a privilege to be able to call upon your holy name. And we pray for your blessing upon our time together for the next hour or so as we discuss this subject from the scriptures about forbearing one another in love, and that you would grow our ability to exercise this virtue and to recognize the need in ourselves on how others are forbearing with us. Bless our uh, interaction one with another, the things that we would share with each other, and that you can grow our understanding. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome to this forum. Um, from looking at the title, um, at least my impression is it's probably not the most exciting topic to talk about. You might think, well, this is just sort of um, another uh, uh, point in the scripture that one could make a topic out of. But I propose to you that this is, um, in a sense, in a lot of places where the rubber meets the road, this is a daily exercise. um, And we deal with this every day. And so from that standpoint, um, hopefully, each of us that are present here will get a lot of mileage out of the hour that we spent here this morning. Our key scriptures uh, that were. Building our theme around um, are uh, a number of them that we're going to begin with right now. Go ahead.
1: So Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 3. First in the KJV, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The ESV says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace.
0: Okay, so if we look at this uh, forbearing or bearing with one another, um, in Ephesians 4, I think we can get a clear uh, connection here between how The forbearing is an outworking or an expectation of the walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. One way to do that, one way of walking worthy is forbearing with one another. Bearing with one another. It's an expression of how to express love. Uh, Some more scriptures?
1: Colossians 3.13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. 1 Thessalonians five thirteen b And be at peace among yourselves.
0: Okay, so more scriptures that embody this idea... And we can see here there's a connection, Colossians 3.13, about a quarrel, forbearance and a quarrel, and then some other scriptures about peacemakers that I'm connecting in here. This is one aspect, shall we say, maybe the early aspect of conflict resolution or even conflict prevention. Um, Rather than demanding or expecting that that person change right now to suit me, um, we choose to forbear an aspect of letting it go. So our form has three sort of main pieces to it. Uh, We're going to begin with a definition um, and then uh, growing in my own understanding of how I'm putting up with you um, and uh, what's going on in my heart and mind as I process that. But then also we're going to flip that around in growing our own, my self-awareness in how you have to put up with me. You know, sometimes we we don't think of it in that direction. We usually think about how how, how hard it is for me to put up with you. But we also have to recognize that, you know what, others are doing the same thing with me. Um, And so this form will address both sides of that. So let's begin with um, a definition, some statements from the dictionary that I pulled out. Uh, It's a command of temper, restraint of passions, um, very much connected with patience and long suffering. Um, delay of resentment, patient self-control, and lots of uh, symptoms there. Tolerance, patience, resignation, endurance, um, and so forth. Uh, as we were uh, coming in here, a brother shared, um, I think, uh, an- another nice uh, definition. I'm going to call on you, Brother George. Uh, tell, tell us your definition, then we found a way to modify it as well. Keep the bear inside of us. <laughs> and that bear can hurt others and us, yes. So just a play on the word forbear the bear. Um, so it's also helpful to look at when we look at the definition of something, this is what it is, but let's also look at from another side, what is it not? Um, And sometimes we can get a false idea. That does not mean we just accept everything and be a doormat. It means that we're always passive, uh, or especially that we accept recurring patterns of abuse or insults or those uh, kinds of things, right? So we look at sort of what it is, but what is it not? It does have some limits to it, which we will also uh, explore. Okay, we're going to start with a little bit of a brainstorm session here. Karina is going to write some ideas on the board, and this is where you're going to just shout things out about um, in, you know, a very short sentence, a few words, real life situations or types of people or relationships of people that we have with where forbearance is needed. A negative lens. Okay, differences of opinion. Scripture or otherwise, lots of places for differences of opinion. Dealing with in-laws, very good. Driving. Driving in a car. By yourself or with your wife? <laughs> 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 Won't answer that right now, okay. <laughs> That's the bear. <laughs> right, uh, dealing, with always, you know. dealing with needy people. Yeah, and there's a whole spectrum there of what needy means, yes. Mm-hmm. People who are never wrong. Mm-hmm. Someone who's always right. Negative behaviors and lack of negative awareness, uh, awareness of that. Yes, self-awareness. Good. Keep shouting some out. Yeah. Our children. We need to forbear with our children, certainly. Family, and sometimes with people that we're very familiar with, we don't. Have, sometimes respect can can slip. People who are ignorant about something. Yes, we forbear with that. Unbelief. Go ahead, people that have a different world of view than us. Yes. Okay, we can get the idea that the scope is fairly broad. Um, I've got a slide here, basically, that encompasses all sorts of situations or people. In our own home with our family, that was touched on. In our neighborhood, everyday kind of experiences. Things at work with coworkers, with policies and procedures that some people love and other people don't. Um, and so forth, dealing with the whole range of people that we deal with in our uh, careers. Talked about driving, someone talked about that, um, as well as just in the church life and the whole dynamic that happens within the body of believers. Um, and uh, sometimes, you know, we have the idea that, well, because we are all um, transformed and saved, we should just automatically get along with each other, um, and that should be so easy. Um, but we find that in real church life that is actually at times quite difficult and maybe in this area of our lives sometimes forbearance is maybe even the most difficult. Okay, so we've got the idea of the definition, we've got the idea of scope of where that's needed everywhere, every day in life in various situations to varying degrees. So we're going to move now to part two in just growing in my own self-awareness my understanding and the ability to forbear with others, how to do that uh, and how to grow in that. So the one question that we're going to look at is why are we even in this situation where forbearance is needed? Why do we have such a problem? And we can see that uh, sort of in four categories. We are in a fallen world. That has been mentioned numerous times in our camp already uh, this week uh, due to sin. Other people's sin bother us and so we have to learn how to process that. But even beyond sin, it's also related to the fall, that we're broken in many different ways. We're dysfunctioning in uh, different ways and uh, we have um, issues and problems, um, sometimes differences between perception and expectations and, and uh, so forth. This, the fact that we are only human, we are in, in fact uh, limited by God's design. We are not uh, perfect in that sense like He is. And so just that, aspect of imperfection in us, that we make mistakes, we forget things, we have limitations, uh, we're ignorant about certain things, and that may irritate somebody else that's very knowledgeable in that and has an expectation, well, why doesn't somebody know more about this like I do, Um, and so forth. Incompetence uh, fits into that, um, and so forth. And then, of course, the aspect of just differences. One mentioned differences of opinion, but that comes from different personalities, different tastes, different preferences. uh, We are uh, created differently uh, by uh, design. Um, One aspect maybe to uh, dwell on a little bit more here is this aspect of differences. We could recognize then therefore that it's not sometimes let's not try to have a uh, an unrealistic expectation as far as how to process that and how we are getting along or to get along with everyone. Um, There will be different levels of ability uh, with that, and and, and we can't think in the sense that we should be able to live intimately with everybody or anybody. Um, uh, There are some times where space um, is needed. Uh, For those, most of us, I think, here uh, many are married, um, uh, and so there's forbearance needed with our spouses, but at camp, for those that are single, there's another level of forbearance because you're spending a whole week in a room with somebody as a roommate. So there are some ask- dynamics of forbearance that are needed there that you don't have um, at home. So that's new in a sense. You're unique to the, the camp uh, environment. Any uh, comments you wanna add there? No, no. Okay, so uh, continuing on here. So then, so that's the why are we in the problem or why do we have this opportunity to forbear? Um, but why should I forbear? Um, so we have some uh, scriptures here. Um, just the concept of grace, because we have been forgiven, God puts up with us, He forbears with us, and there is an expectation that He equips us then to uh, replicate that in our own character. And there's something very significant that I'm, I've come to understand in sort of the last uh, six months or so, more so, in looking at this particular passage in the scripture um, where God is on the mountain revealing some of his character to Moses. This is the first time um, that in Scripture where uh, God is revealing himself visibly to a person, and he did this to Moses. But more than just visibly, he's also describing in words his character. So can you read those, please?
1: Exodus 34, 6-7. to seven. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord... The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Okay.
0: Uh, Some some elements of this is repeated numerous times in various... um, Interactions that God has with Moses, as recorded um, in the writings of Moses in the Old testament, but the the aspect of the character of God that um, flows out in this topic of forbearance is many of these descriptive words merciful, gracious long suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy. Um, and so there's this, this uh, reinforcement of this, ele- this aspect of the character of God, which I think the way God is describing himself to Moses in this account, this is primary. These are the primary characteristics of God. There's more descriptive s- statements in the scripture about what God is like. But here, God himself is speaking this to Moses. And I think this choice of phrasing here is very significant in how God emphasizes himself to Moses. Uh, and so this element of we being ambassadors for Christ, we being representatives of the character of God, forbearance is a key expression of that. Continuing on, why should I forbear? A few more scriptures. We had looked at these already earlier. We don't need to read them again, but I'm just recalling to our mind again. Why? Because even as Christ forgave you, so do we also. We're called to be peacemakers. Forbearance is an element of that of making peace, okay. So now let's look at the dynamics a little bit about forbearance because forbearance um, has a time element to it, um, and so we have this a couple of illustrations that that show this. So one is like we can be viewed as a sponge, where we begin to absorb things that irritate us, but we don't respond or react immediately. We have a measure of cushion to us that we can take things for a certain amount of time like a sponge can absorb a certain amount of water before it begins to leak out and so when we think about that in practical terms that happens with us too we have a limit to our forbearance um, and if it just continues to come and continues to come and we continue to try to absorb and try to absorb um, it's going to leak out somewhere Um, and how we process that in ourselves and allow the leaking out to occur is critical. You know, this could be described as maybe dripping with sarcasm. We can um, respond with some sarcastic response that is veiled in humor, but is intended to, you know, get at uh, some sort of a negative response, it tells them that we're upset about something. Um, or we can respond in allowing our leaking, our flowing, to be flowing to God. Um, in our processing of this, and so we'll we'll look at some of that a little bit more. Another illustration about that is like an idea of a balloon. You blow up a balloon, you're forbearing, the balloon gets bigger, you're forbearing, it gets bigger, it gets bigger, it gets bigger. Eventually, there's a limit, and it pops. So, two different kinds of illustrations about forbearing, and um, in fitting with these illustrations is then we want to find ways to empty the sponge, empty the balloon in a healthy manner so that it doesn't have an unhealthy hurtful response so the source of our capacity to forbear I think it's, it's obvious the source of all kinds of things is our intimate relationship with God how do we become more like him he's the ultimate example of forbearance uh, is to come to know him and as we come to know him more we become more like him the scripture
1: first Peter 4 8 to 10 and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves for charity shall cover the multitude of sins use hospitality one to another without grudging as every man hath received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God
0: okay going to connect here this fervent charity shall cover the multitude of sins connecting this to the idea of forbearance Um, If someone is, shall we say, sinning against us or hurting us or bothering us, um, the amount of our love towards that person is one um, aspect of our ability and a capacity to forbear. So looking at this on a scale, in a sense, the more that we love a person, then the easier it will be or the greater the ability that we will have to forbear. If love is low on the other side, we will become annoyed much more quickly. Much more quickly, right? And so connecting that back to the previous verse, have fervent charity. So one way, grow in your love towards that person. Um, And so in this sense, that's not just a a feeling kind of love. That's love is a decision. I am deciding to love this person, and so I will act lovingly towards them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Another aspect is looking at sort of common everyday uh, situations we can be uh, viewed as people that have um, buttons that uh, create a reaction uh, in us. And common everyday situations can do that. And those that are close to us um, get to know what these buttons are. Uh, sometimes Our children certainly do. And sometimes they uh, push them intentionally to get a reaction that furthers uh, their agenda uh, and so forth. So we have a little... Um, uh, role play that we're going to do uh, from our own experiences. We learned a little bit about the concept of, of buttons and so forth. We learned this as uh, Corinne and I, and a, a number of others from our uh, church, attended a, uh, a marriage retreat or conference in which we sort of learned uh, some of this. So, we're going to demonstrate something that has taken place in our home in the aspect of buttons and how we've learned um, through our years of marriage to, to process that. So I think we're right setting the scene a little bit here. So this is in our home. This is our, our family room here. I, we have a sliding door right here that leads out to the deck. This is wintertime. I'm going out to the deck, and I'm going to be getting some wood to burn in our fireplace. Immediately inside our uh, sliding door here is a little toy chest, sort of like a coffee table idea. And uh, right now it's cluttered with things, children things mostly. Uh, so you can imagine some of those things that be children's so, things.
1: Yeah, we're doing two role plays. You'll, you'll There's see. There's two different role plays. So this
0: is one way in which a button gets pushed. Um, mm. Buttons mm. get get pushed, and then we'll replay it again in, an, in a different way. So I'm going outside to get some wood.
1: And um, I'm reading to Aria. on the couch. Oh,
0: oh where am I do? supposed to put this thing?
1: Well move some things over I guess I don't know I don't
0: know this place is always so cluttered
1: I'm sorry but if you were here to help a little bit more then maybe it would not be so bad
0: yeah, it is just so frustrating I, sometimes I can't even walk anywhere without bumping into something oh, or please. setting on something oh please it's really and this bad. always happens this oh. just always happens yeah right okay okay so that's scenario number one um, so let's talk a little bit about um, that. that's never happened in your house right Um, something a totally new scenario for you that you can't imagine something like that happening so if we dig a little bit deeper in this aspect of you know why would I have reacted in this way why would she have reacted in this way we have opportunity maybe for um, a little bit of uh, interaction uh, on that and so then we might have the mic here so um, start with me As I'm coming in here, why am I reacting, perhaps, some ideas of why am I reacting this way? Yeah, go ahead. It's inconvenient. I didn't plan ahead. Okay, so that's on my part. Yep. I had an immediate need. Something else is bothering me. Okay, so now we're looking beyond the immediate need. There's something else going on here because this is likely not the first time that this kind of thing has happened in the home, right? Um, th- this idea is there's something possibly reoccurring.
2: Your expectation means the house.
0: Right. I have an expectation here that this clutter isn't always here, that this, this is taken care of, right? And the expectation is that there shouldn't always be me that takes care of this clutter, right? Yes. Right. Right. I referred to some things in the past. Yeah. Right. Right. So I used some emotionally charged language here. We all. This always happens. Right. This is never. (laughs) So that's my problem. I'm too neat.
1: (laughs) But he's your father. He knows it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's a connection there. You know, I I learned this from somewhere. <laughs> if, so if I want it so neat and organized, I should do it myself, yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, good. So some other, let, let's move on now to what but, might have, go and, ahead.
1: But I think what we need to recognize, too, is that really what we've come to understand in our processing this is his button really is that he likes things neat and tidy. And that's not my nature. It's not that I, please don't think I'm a slob. I'm not a slob at home. But a few things sitting around don't bother me because I'm raising a family. And so for me, my primary needs are affirmation and knowing that I'm valued. And so both of our buttons were being pushed there because he felt like, I'm not respecting his need for neatness, and I'm feeling like you're not respecting my need to know that I'm valued. Like, you just dissed me. Like, you just really put me down Um, in front of my child who I'm reading to because she was with, with us right there, right? And to set the stage now for the next one, that was not what happened. That's what might have happened in our first couple of years of marriage. We are going to replay it now with what we have learned and grown in, and this is how it played out.
0: Oh, where am I going to set this?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, honey. We should have cleaned that up before you brought that in. I guess all right. right. No, but you said something else.
0: Oh, I don't remember that then. What did I say?
1: <laughs> because you said there's always stuff here. Oh, there's
0: always stuff here.
1: Yeah, and then my comment was, oh, right. Well, we do live here, honey.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And that was the end of it. And that was the end.
0: Um... So to help think through that a little bit, because there's, there's a couple of different ways that could be uh, um, interpreted, because sometimes, you know, silence doesn't always mean things are resolved, right? Because sometimes then you just push it inside, and you've got resentment, and it, and it builds. In our, in our case, that was the end of it. There's no, there's no resentment and so forth. And we chatted about it later um, and connected it to the seminar we had attended months prior or a few weeks prior or something like that, saying, oh, there's an example of a button. Um, So you can probably think of that in your own relationships, not only in marriage, but with friends, with co-workers, with uh, classmates, with students, with whatever, subordinates, superiors, and so forth. There are certain kinds of repetitive things that could happen again or have happened in the past that you find are sensitive spots um, and and so forth. So these are areas, some examples of which um, forbearance Um, is needed.
1: And recognizing our own buttons helps us to then not escalate in those situations. Because I understand his need, and I know that he's not saying that to put me down. And so when we recognize buttons and recognize people are not out to get us, we can forbear with each other more easily.
0: And find ways to de-escalate it very quickly, uh, genuinely. And that it, it doesn't need to be brought up again. Okay. So another, uh, looking at coping means of, of this. Go ahead. Humor. Use humor in a positive manner. Yes, that can definitely diffuse, help diffuse things. Thank you. Um, okay. So we're going to look a little bit about uh, uh, prayer. We we're look, thinking back to the illustrations earlier about how to empty the sponge in a he- healthy way, how to empty the balloon uh, in a healthy way.
1: Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful or anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God.
0: Okay, so there's specific ways in which our requests can be made known unto God. And this is a, a gen, generic scripture, a general, that can be talked about all kinds of things, um, but requests with thanksgiving, but specific in this area of forbearance. If it's reoccurring, if it's repetitive, it's, if it's sometimes predictable... Well, make that a specific matter of prayer. Lord, you know that this situation bothers me or bugs me or likely will. You know, I'm coming into a situation where perhaps this may be the case. Anticipate Um, and uh, talk to God about that in detail. The key is in detail, specific on how to process that. Another example of that is we have um, a psalm, Psalms of lament, or there's expressions in the psalms, and it looks like I left that uh, out in the presentation because I was looking for a psalm and I landed on one this morning, Um, and so I'm going to turn to that in the uh, old technology Bible. Um, But I have to remember which one it is. It was in the 140s somewhere. He picks up the new technology. The old technology. Yes, that's the other form. That's right. Um, So let's see. Yeah. So there were some phrases in Psalm 142. Um, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. And so forth. And there's many expressions in the Psalms about the psalmist complaining, unloading, unburdening to the Lord. And typically there's a turning point in the psalm, which this one is right near the end. Um, uh, bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Um, and so many psalms that we can turn to for examples of this aspect of how the psalmist complains to the Lord. And sometimes you know, it's for me when we read through the Psalms, and sometimes he's using very strong language. You know, he's wishing his enemies would, were, were dead and that they would be killed and that their children would never prosper. And you think, oh, that's, that's awful. Why would you think that way? And so forth. But what he's doing, he's genuinely expressing the negative stuff that's in his heart in a safe place, complaining it, pouring it out to God so that it doesn't pour out somewhere else to hurt somebody. Um, and so that's um, a healthy. Uh, manner in which to, to process this, to increase our ability to absorb stuff and forbear with people. And then we get the, the, the other thing that that does, because we're doing it to God, it helps align our perspective with God. That's one of the goals of prayer, one of the purposes of prayer, is not only to unburden ourselves and to ask for things, but also to align our thinking, align our worldview, align our perspective with how God sees it Um. okay other ways now we're going to look at a little bit about the person themselves this person is irritating me why are they irritating me Um, and uh, what might be the case here so they may be a hurting person there's stuff going on in their life that is causing them to be the way they are the combination of their personality the way they behave the things that they say their mannerisms and so forth So what's inside of this person? Well, that person's been hurt probably, if they are a hurting person. I'm not suggesting everybody is a hurting person, but maybe to a certain degree, we all are. We have some kinds of hurts within us. It's just sort of a matter of degrees. So here we're talking maybe this person is is hurting more than the average person or more than we realize. It's not on the surface. Um, Sins of others, their own sin. Um, life decisions or things that have gone badly that they intended to, to do good mistakes that are haunting them that they're still feeling the consequences of maybe there's tragedies that have happened in their life that they're still processing that they haven't gone things have gone badly or difficult uh, um, lost a loved one um, or other tragic losses that they're processing and because they're processing that that's influencing the way they are um, Maybe all of these kinds of things have even developed to the point of bitterness in their heart. They're, they're develop, they've developed the root of bitterness, um, and it troubles them, but it also defiles others, like it says here in, in Hebrews. Um, you know, another aspect of this is, is my interaction with this person may have compounded some of these things. Maybe behind some of these things are certain buttons that uh, my interaction with them actually triggers those kinds of responses and and it doesn't make any sense that response does not make sense to me why why would they have responded that way to to this statement or action well there's more uh, behind that and so part of it is also my own self-awareness in what way maybe did i contribute uh, to this this outburst but also perhaps i'm a hurting person too you know, we, we like to think of this, well, I'm, I'm fine, or, you know, my hurts are, are justified, and, and uh, or, um, you know, everybody should just understand what's going on with me, even though I'm not willing to say anything about it, but you should just know, um, not realistic, right? So there's, in a sense, more than one hurting person involved in this exchange, in this, this interaction that's affecting our ability to forbear, So, what a vision or a view of what might this person be carrying. You know, if we're carrying a load, this person's very much weighed down um, here with this tremendous um, backpack here with all kinds of stuff, right? Sin, worries, fears, doubts, guilt, um, unforgiveness, unmet expectations, things growing into bitterness, irritations, unresolved conflict, uh, and, and so forth. And so, of course, if this poor, hurting person who can barely, uh, isn't able to walk even, they're just sort of crawling through life, um, it's no surprise um, that maybe that person may need a little bit more forbearance than we might realize or, or expect. Um, this person, how to help this person, um, you know, this person, of course, needs uh, Matthew 11:28. Go ahead and read that in.
1: Come on to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
0: So a great scripture about that, of course, um, lots of um, you know work involved in a sense or, or um, surrender involved to gain the full benefit of this and what this all means. We sometimes apply this in terms of a salvation aspect unload, unload your sins um, and uh, find rest from your sins that's certainly true but there's also you know the whole aspect of find rest from all of these kinds of things that in a sense sin is connected to these things but um, it, it's deeper than just something maybe an obvious sinful behavior or sinful way of thinking that uh, may be contributing to some, some burdens here that need to be uh, unloaded um, how can you help this person or yourself if I am a hurting person like was just described here? You know, maybe, maybe this is me, not only them. Maybe I've got some of this and that's influencing or affecting my ability to forbear. And I need this then to unload. And so then this aspect of the Psalms is part of this, you know, coming to Jesus and unloading and being yoked together with him to face life. Because those situ- situations are still there, probably. Um, just because you 've unloaded it doesn 't necessarily change the actual circumstance that you 're in it changes our ability to process it so again, this aspect of grace um, treat the person better than they deserve um, aspect of love and truth, sort of generic, uh, maybe broad scope uh, things that uh, will play themselves out a little bit as we as we progress um, but also let 's look at our motivation for um, in whatever exchange and when i say you know how can you help this person I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you are now their therapist they're probably not asking for that um and would maybe not even be welcome to that idea even if you would be competent in doing so but the relationship is just not that that that's where you can go it's just you only have these whatever exchange that you have If it's your coworker, let's say or or your boss or subordinate whatever neighbor um in how to interact them but our you know our motivations because you want them to be healed you want to help them but you also want to help yourself because you don't want to be irritated with them for the rest of your life and maybe they're never going to change so what's going to change you you have the capacity by God's grace to change yourself so we have some scriptures about interpersonal relationships we're familiar with this one
1: Matthew eighteen fifteen. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Matthew eighteen sixteen. But if he will not hear thee, then.
0: Okay, so we have
1: uh,
0: this first aspect of if, if there's a a problem that needs to be resolved um, to try to work this out. If this maybe this is reoccurring um, uh, a situation. Um, but we also balance this because this is not the only statement we have in Scripture about interpersonal relationships and how to deal with them. We had looked at some of them earlier, right? Um, Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, even as uh, uh, Christ forgave you. Um, So I see sort of a shall we say, two different messages getting from these scriptures. Both are from the Word of God. They're not in conflict with each other. It's just there are some situations you apply this path is appropriate and other situations is this aspect of forbearance. So the way I would understand this within the scope of our topic of forbearance, there are some situations that we do need to, shall we say, pursue and develop and try to resolve. There's other situations, Colossians 3.13, is we just, we, we, we let it go. This is not worth a situation pursuing. We don't need to um, try to um, uh, resolve this. Maybe it, it can't be resolved. Perhaps we've even somewhat tried and realized, you know what, this, this is, can't happen. Um, maybe um, some thoughts about uh, this as far as, because we need leading in the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit, of how to apply these kinds of scriptures in different Scenarios. scenarios um, so are there maybe an opportunity for a little bit of interaction in this one maybe there might be a little bit of longer responses so brother george is around with the mic um, maybe tell me a little bit about even your thoughts of what i was just presenting here have you thought about forbearance in in terms of these scriptures any thoughts or comments or questions oh that's quite a distance away yeah maybe start walking to meet him too
3: going to say that I think that both scripture need a lot of prayer, especially when you're dealing with uh, another brother, another sister, or um, even a person who you're, you're uh, having acquaintance with at work or whatever, both need a lot of prayer. And I guess one of my questions was, is how long do you forbear to the point when you find that sponge is already dripping? And you don't you don't want to have an outburst with the person, but how how long do you forbear when something is bothering you with the person, whether it's an acquaintance or another brother?
0: Sure, yeah, that's a great question. Um, we can provide opportunity for someone to respond. And so, in order to maximize George's exercise, would somebody over here would like to speak? <laughs> can be anywhere. It's not for the recording, so...
4: I think if
5: we wanted to help someone out, depends what, how, how I should say, uh, how we approach what kind of words and what kind of sound comes out of us. Mm
0: -hmm. The tone of voice, yeah. The
5: tone of voice Mm -hmm. makes a big difference.
0: You know, while maybe someone else is thinking about a response, there's one over here, Brother Ted down here. Uh, While you're getting there, you know, certainly the Matthew eighteen, fifteen and sixteen and following verses apply specifically within the household of faith, so that's one differentiation, whereas Colossians thirteen three applies to Christians as well as anybody in specific, but go ahead. Uh,
2: I find it very interesting that both forbearing and forgiving usually appear together. Together lots of times. And they are both with a prefix of four. Mm-hmm. That means an intentional, an intentional attitude. Mm -hmm. I'm not going into that place trying to pick a fight. I'm not trying to determine who's wrong. It's an intentional decision that I make, whether I approach that person about an interpersonal relationship whatever it is i make a personal decision that i've already forgiven
5: mm-hmm.
2: before i even ask or address the situation because unless i have for not uh, unless i have forgiven i will have an attitude an accusatory attitude i will have an attitude of trying to but that person lower than me. Mm -hmm. But by having both that forbearing and the forgiving, that ahead of time, making that change in my heart, I think, resolves a lot of issues.
0: Sure. Okay, thank you for that. We'll move on. We'll have some comments later on, room for comments later on. Moving on to a little bit with what was uh, mentioned earlier, or a question. So suppose there are situations where there's persistent recurring patterns of hurt and injury. For the most part, I'm talking about emotional, verbal kinds of injury, but could could include physical. So there's this element of uh, sometimes we need boundaries in order to heal recognizing and so what 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 does boundaries mean and so forth so i'll let uh, karina uh, speak to that a little bit um
1: this is sort of a a little bit of an aside topic that you could have a whole forum on but um, we felt it was worth mentioning it um i've been working through a book um, called boundaries uh recommended to me by a good friend who recognized my need for them Mm -hmm. and um I just have a couple of quotes from the book that help us here. Um, Boundaries help us to keep the good in and the bad out. They're not walls. They're like fences around us. Um, It's this idea of guarding thy heart with all diligence in Proverbs 4.23. We need to also recognize what we are capable of and not, and if there are certain people that we know we are going to struggle around, and if we have the opportunity to limit our time with them, um, that's not a bad thing, especially if we are a person that's uh, got particular needs and hurts ourselves that we're healing from, then we need to recognize that. We can't try to take on to ourselves more than we can, than we are able to um, at a particular time. The other thing we need to keep in mind is that forbearance should not enable codependence. If it's a very needy person that is trying to manipulate us or just trying to latch onto us, um, we cannot use forbearance as a way to say, well, you know, I need to forbear, so I'll just keep helping them and keep putting up with them and keep, you know. No, we need to move beyond forbearance into actually helping. And if they do not want help, then we need to find ways of lovingly communicating that I cannot do this for you anymore. I cannot help you in this particular area. I love you. I'll pray for you. Uh, I'm still your friend, but don't expect forbearance to mean that I'm going to keep bailing you or I'm going to keep giving you money or I'm going to keep whatever. Um, Does does that make sense?
0: Okay. Yeah, so a little bit more... um,
1: Oh, sorry. There we go. The author of the book is Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Mm
0: -hmm. So where some of this connects in this aspect of bearing one's burden. So in a sense, um, because forbearing involves bearing, taking on some sort of a load... But we can read, uh, looking at Galatians 6.2 uh, six, two and two, 6.5, <clears throat> we can kind of see that there is a separation or a difference here. We're going to bear one another's burdens. We are helping that. We are doing that. But there's also this element of each one has their own burden that, they, that no one else can bear for them, nor did God design us to bear their burden in that particular area. And so in a sense, another way of looking at boundaries is understanding sort of the difference between one uh, and the other. If we look a little bit about this aspect of healing, um, because sometimes the the aspect of boundaries is necessary in order to facilitate healing in ourselves. If this interaction, this reoccurring thing, has um, caused hurt, um, or maybe we've been hurt somewhere else, but this interaction is is touching that hurt, if we think about sort of the, the analogy of a physical hurt, something that, let's say, can be seen. You know, if Karina has a hurt on her arm, um, uh, some sort of injury there, an, an ordinary touch, even which that I might mean to be loving, she will get a, a reaction to that because it hurts, and so she'll react away from that. And if I'm not aware that there's a hurt there, let's say that that was covered um, uh, on someone, and you think, well, well, that's so strange. What's going on with them? Why are they reacting like that? That was just a simple touch. Can't they even can't they even handle a simple touch? You know, sometimes we might think that way when someone responds emotionally to a particular comment that we think is quite benign and innocent and neutral, and you think, well, what's going on? Why would they react like that with that kind of a comment? Well, there is probably something underneath there that is invisible that we can't um, see. And so, in a sense, uh, connecting that to what's going on in their heart, there is something that is sore in their heart that our words have touched, have hurt, or our action, or our look, or our mannerism, or our response, somehow has ha- has done that. And so they need some, some way in which to heal, because if someone is always touching that physical hurt, that's never going to heal. You say, well, yeah, eventually you're going to be able to do that, or touch, and so forth, but not right now, because this is going to take some time to heal. And it will take some intentional care. Time alone doesn't necessarily heal it. And so for this person with some kind of hurt in their heart, you can't think, well, you know, I'm going to just go into isolation for the next five weeks and nobody touch me and nobody talk to me because I'm going to heal. Maybe some of that may be needed, but probably some more intentionality, maybe some uh, wise counseling, some uh, focused prayer, some intercession, some... um, and, and uh, teaching on whatever is happening there. And, and part of that is this element of applying Proverbs 4.23 is to keep or to guard your heart with all diligence, this aspect of keeping and guarding and nurturing in order to be able to, to grow beyond this particular hurtful situation. Uh, what boundaries does not mean, it doesn't mean we're not loving, um, it doesn't mean that we're withholding forgiveness, that we're holding uh, grudges and bitterness, that we're having some some persisting or growing in some negative kinds of things here um, or, or blame and, and that kind of thing, shutting them out of my life forever. Um, that's not the intent at all um, of, of boundaries. And again, there's a lot more detail in here that's sort of beyond the scope of this uh, form and, and certainly beyond my abilities and be able to fully apply or explore. And so if you have a particular situation in your life where you think some of this is resonating with you and you need some of this, well, I'm going to encourage you to seek personal help and counsel in that. Don't try to figure this out on your own. This form by itself is not going to give you all the answers to that. Um, and this is the, the, the blessing of being here at camp. Um, we can share with one another. We can pray with one another um, and ask the Lord to lead you to somebody that you can share this with and and get some help for your uh, personal situation. So uh, pausing for, let's say, some questions in specific about the boundaries um, aspect or experiences. We've got 15 minutes left in the forum. I have a number of more slides here, so I don't want to take up too much time, but if there's a burning question specifically about this, Brother Frank, um, over there, go ahead, uh, about the, uh, the element of boundaries, um, we can uh, do that. Now.
3: Just early in my, uh, my uh, Christian walk, uh, I had this experience, and I would need to share it today. Uh, I had a brother in church, uh, uh, kind of out of the the blue, just didn't shake my hand. And I said, well, obviously he's got a problem. Uh, We'll just leave it there. And that's exactly what I did. And uh, this went on for months. And so we're kind of like that sponge thing. We're just, you know, I'm avoiding him, he's avoiding me, and we just avoid each other. And uh, he approached me just before communion about this problem he was having. And it all really stemmed from a miscommunication, interesting enough. So we, we kind of settled it. But here's the point. Who's at fault? Who's at fault for that? And I learned very, very quickly that if I had not responded the way I did, this would not have gone on for months and months. We needed to sit down and talk. We needed to communicate. We needed to talk about it. And how dare me, how, how ashamed should I be to go into that communion service not thinking that I had this problem and not seeking to take the beam out of my own eye. And this is the seriousness of it. So I learned a good lesson in look to yourself to, to be the perpetrator of forgiveness. Not, don't expect the other person to be that person. You need to do that. Because if we're going to jointly be fitted together and work as a body, you need to take that type of action to repair the relationships right away.
0: Sure. Thank you. Anyone else specifically about boundaries? Oh, back there. Alex. Alex. I'll uh, go on to the next slide while we're doing that. Um, Touching on Brother Frank's point there, persistent, intentional forgiveness in your heart towards a person. Even though there is this element of boundaries, you need some separation, you need some time and so forth, but still being persistent with uh, forgiveness as we see some examples here of uh, Jesus and Stephen and intentional forgiveness of people that didn't understand that concept at that time at all. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. you mentioned in the one scripture, it shows that bitterness can defile other people. Yes. And uh, for example, in Revelation 3 4, it says, uh, A few of you have not defiled your garments, and you're worthy to walk with me in white. So I'm wondering if you can speak a bit on that, um, how to not have our garments, garments defiled.
2: defiled.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this element uh, um, off the top of my head, the, the element of defilement, you um, can sort of see it in two ways. Um, it, it, one way that it doesn't imply is that we are always perfect and never gain any spots or defilement in our lives. The Scripture gives many examples of where that is the case, and so it's this. Uh, one of it is the element of of un, unloading, being cleansed by being washed by the water of the Word, where we are cleansed, where we confess our faults and our sins one to another, um, and and uh, be healed and uh, forgiven and cleansed. So that's one element of this aspect of defilement. But there is another as- element of where if if we don't do that, then it does grow into defilement and we're contributing then even more to, to our defilement that uh, grows into bitterness and where we're harboring that uh, sort of thing and then, then it, it grows worse and worse and worse. Um, so that's my sort of immediate reaction but if someone else would like to uh, answer or speak to that, we'll take time for one more comment and then we'll move on. Um, While that's happening, we can look at this verse too. Being kind one to another is intentional kindness um, towards the person, connected also to forgiving, connected to being tender-hearted, and so forth. Um, If not, we'll move on. Oh, okay, there's one over there and one over here for Brother Doug.
3: Okay, so one right there. Uh, We'll start with that, and then in the... I was just, just going to make the comment that if something is really bothering you to the point where you can't forbear anymore, then it should be dealt with. You should go to the person and you should speak with them like Brother Frank did.
0: Right. And maybe you need some counselor and help on how to do that um, and so forth if it's a particularly difficult situation. And then we'll take Brother Doug's comment and then move on.
5: i was just going back to your scripture in Galatians 6, which is sort of key about... Um, if you see someone caught in a fault and so mm-hmm. forth, uh, as, men, as perhaps understood, the first reaction is to, to judge that person because he should have known better. Uh, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, we, when we get to verse uh, 5, it says, for each man shall bear his own burden. If we follow the, the train of thought there, he says, bear one another's burden. This is the law of Christ to fulfill it. But then he says, if any man thinks himself to be something, he is nothing, he deceives himself. He's switching gears here now. Look, if you're putting down your brother because of that and you, your relationship gets cold because of that, um, be careful. You think, you think you're standing righteously before God, be careful. Examine yourself, verse 4 says, and then if you're clear, you'll, you can rejoice in yourself and not in somebody else or rejoice in somebody else's faults. But you have to bear your own burdens. You have a burden yourself you need to bear. It's not a contradiction in, in terms. Mm-hmm. It's saying the same thing as Matthew, uh, as saying in Matthew 18 or whatever it was. If you have a beam or Matthew seven, actually, if you have a, a, a moat mm. in, in, in your own eye, in your brother's eye, you know, you can't, you can't remove that unless you remove the beam from your own eye. So we have to be very careful that we're not so focused on other people's faults that we overlook our own. And uh, we'll be, be much slower to do so when we see our own. And, and again, this is just repeating Matthew 7, what Jesus taught in Galatians 6, mm-hmm. 1 to 5.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, let's move on. Um, I just have one particular slide here. There is an element of persecution and forbearing in in persecution. We won't need to read that, but um, that's sort of another, shall we say, a slice of this uh, topic. We're not going to dwell on it a lot, but there is an element of recognizing that where I need to forbear, I'm being persecuted for the cause of Christ. Um, And uh, in a sense, that may be a, a special case. But there's also, you know, when I look at a question here, Um, there are limits to forbearance and in some cases that actually may be sinful for me to forbear (laughs) even though we're commanded to forbear but within the limits because there's other scriptures that talk about that and maybe this is sort of obvious and we're sort of using the word forbearance in in a little different way but sort of it's sort of like when someone is persisting in willful sinful behavior especially towards someone when you have a responsibility to protect them your child your spouse uh, your wife uh, and, and so forth, that we can't tolerate that, and we can say, I'm just going to forbear. Sorry, honey, I'm not going to protect you here, but this person is just continually insulting you, and we're, we're just going to forbear. Um, no, there needs to be some, some uh, response there, some loving, correct response here in order to, and especially if it's towards a child. You know, If you're a teacher in a classroom and there's bullying going on, you don't just forbear with that. Um, you have to address that um, and, uh, and, and fix it, uh, call it out. Um, and so, you know, we had talked about examples of of that sort of thing. But moving on to part three, remember we said this. So we've been dwelling the bulk of it, part two, in equipping me to forbear with you. But there's also this aspect of increasing our awareness that there are people doing the same thing to us as in, and that's a, they need to put up with us. And so let's grow in our uh, self awareness of that. You know, maybe I am this hurting person. We've seen this kind of thing here uh, before. And I am the cause that's irritating them. Um, We usually are so blind, typically more blind to our faults, and it's easier to see someone else's sin than it is to see my own. Um, But this is this element of looking into the Word of God and being close to God as a mirror where He will show us what we are like if we are looking and and responsive or perceptive uh, to that, um, where we need to deal with our stuff so that we are not that irritating person uh, for someone else and unload ourselves and become yoked together with Christ in order to to fully uh, grow, uh, more, grow more as a believer. Unload, there's that verse that we had looked at out before, right? Um, examine what are some of my burdens that are making me an irritated person, irritable person to, to someone else. And so to recognize, you know, we can all be a difficult, irritating person at times. In some certain situations, pushed to certain limits, That is us as uh, imperfect human beings that are still in the process of sanctification and maturity and growing uh, and and so forth. Seek to grow uh, in that. Um, The last section a little bit uh, is looking at it from God's perspective. How much is he putting up with you? How much has he put up with you? How much has he put up with me? You know, we have, a. there's probably other scriptures that speak to this too, but the first one that I thought to my mind here is the reason he's putting up with us is not that he just wants to always put up with us in that sense, but there's a goal for, for that is that it's leading us to repentance so that we become transformed and changed. And so our own awareness of how much God is putting up with me, you know, in, uh, in that with my foolishness, with my attitudes, bad attitudes, selfishness sometimes, or complaining attitude and so forth, expectations of God that he's not going to deliver on because that's not good for me. And then I complain to God. Well, he puts up with that and he's looking at, you know, my child, this is not the way I had intended for you. Can, can you get it? You know, um, I've showed you this scripture. Can you not get it? Didn't you hear last Sunday's sermon? Can you not get it? You know, and so forth, the kinds of things that he's um, forbearing with us. Uh, in that, grow in our self-awareness of that, hopefully that will help equip us in recognizing that um, maybe it's a small thing that I can forbear with whatever this situation is because God is putting up with a lot more from me or someone else is putting up with a lot more from me. So finally, uh, uh, closing down, we start with the definition, growing in my understanding of how to put up with you, growing in my understanding of how you are putting up with me, how much God is forbearing with us, um, and uh, so we do have a few more minutes, about three minutes or so, if that clock is correct, um, for some final comments or thoughts or questions to to leave with us. Sharing. Okay, over here, Ron. <clears throat> can pass that up. Pass it up to Ron here.
5: It's critical to make the point that we don't want to hold the for- mic a little closer. Yeah. To forbear and long suffer with, as you mentioned. Those committing sin, inviting us to share in their sin, being an accessory to their crimes, we don't forbear that. And maybe more important, we do not forbear false doctrine, heterodoxy, in order to get along that we allow certain false doctrines, especially in this time considering the transgender movement, the LGBTQMSs, whatever their alphabet is now, that is making inroads. It's already conquered the mainline denominations, making inroads in evangelicals. We do not forbear and long suffer with false doctrine.
0: All right. Thank you. Good point. Anyone else? Uh, up here at the front, Dave.
6: I wanted to comment on the uh, two passages that were read that dealt with forbearing one another's burdens, and at the same time, each man must bear oh. his own burden. Sure. For me, there are things that I can actually help somebody with and do for them or do with them, and I can help bear that burden. Mm -hmm. There are other things that I cannot help them with. They have to bear that burden. So partially situational dependent, also in terms of the type of issue that it is. So they're not in conflict. It will depend highly on the situation. You find the same kinds of passages in Proverbs where even in one place, and I can't remember it right offhand, where the same verse starts one way and it ends the opposite way.
0: Yeah, the one I'm thinking of, maybe this is the one you're thinking about, answer a fool according to his folly, and then I want to answer not a fool according to his folly. That could be, be one the one. Yeah. Uh-huh.
6: Thank you.
3: <coughs> Thank you. Sorry. Sorry.
0: <coughs> Any others? Uh, maybe we'll take one more, and then we... Oh, one right there. I just have a question. Um, what do you tell someone who says they've been abused in, in some way and this is uh, they, they can't forgive this abuse? Um, it's happened recently, and it seems to have been tender to them, and it's preventing them from coming to Christ. What, what do you, how do you approach that kind of situation? Well, I'm not an expert in, in addressing that, and nor can I answer that really well in 30 seconds. Um, but, uh, and so if that, first I want to say, if that is a situation that you, you genuinely know about, then you certainly want to pursue that a little bit more and, and ask for, for counsel on that. Um, but, uh, you know, a person it may, may take some time for them to process and understand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't, and why do they feel they can't uh, forgive. Sometimes it might be a wrong impression or understanding even what forgiveness is and what the expectations are, because I've forgiven that person, you know, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean it's okay what has happened. Um, it doesn't mean that uh, that person gets away with it necessarily. It doesn't mean that uh, their sin is overlooked. Um, you know, God will still judge them for that sin if they have not, if they have not asked God forgiveness for them. But uh, you know, I've heard uh, it, it, this aspect of forgiveness being described in terms of its, it's sort of my right, giving up my right to continually accuse them or hold that over them. And there's numerous reasons why maybe someone may not choose to forgive. They may feel that by, by harboring this unforgiveness or this bitterness or this grudge, I sort of feel somewhat empowered uh, to hold that over them. I've, I've got something on them. Um, they, they may feel um, it, it keeps them somewhat in a, in a victim mentality. And, and that's another, and some people feel empowered by being a victim and calling the victim. And they may use that in terms of manipulation if there's a, still a relationship there. You know, I've got this on you. Um, and so forth. Forgiveness gives that up, um, but the greatest benefit of forgiveness in talking to this person, of course, is it's not for that. It's not for their benefit. It's for your benefit, for my benefit. That's the reason I'm I'm going to forgive this person, is because it's killing me. You know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Doesn't happen. You're hurting yourself with harboring unforgiveness and grudges, and so forth. And then finally, the shall we say the theological or doctrine aspect of it is because Christ has forgiven you or Christ wants to forgive you, it's only natural that he's going to expect us to forgive someone else. So I'm sure there's a lot more depth to that kind of situation. didn't want to oversimplify it, but hopefully that, that speaks to some of it. Okay, well I guess we do have one more hand over here and then we do need to stop.
4: <clears throat> Sorry, I just wanted to kind of address that question. Sure. Because there's... What that individual needs to understand, and I'm coming from personal experience thank you um, is that forgiveness doesn't first of all like you said undo what happened it also doesn't erase right. that they may still be triggered if that person
6: right.
4: is around them doesn't mean they haven't truly forgiven that individual if they still have a reaction that's a, a huge trauma and you need to seek counseling and prayer for that trauma that was committed against you um but like you mentioned the act of forgiving is a release for yourself that those individuals no longer have control or that power over you
0: Mm -hmm. right okay thank you we are definitely over time let's uh call it uh, the end now the lord bless you